please be aware that we have changed the name of the interviewee featured in this podcast to protect their identity. You're listening to The Apathetic Millennial. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jack Sheeran. Do you think you could stand in front of a classroom full of kids with little more than a month's training? Little experience in dealing with troublesome children with complicated family lives? Do you think you could cope with the stress? Well, many millennials in the UK are taking the plunge and becoming teachers. I've presented to the toughest audiences. Solved more conflicts than you can imagine. People look up to me. No one gets left behind in my team. My targets matter. Really matter. I've influenced lives. Made a difference. What did you do at work today? That's one of the many promotional adverts for Teach First, a scheme which recruits university graduates and drops them into some of the most socially and economically deprived schools in the country in an attempt to better the opportunities and future of the kids. Teach First has been running since 2003 and aims to tackle inequality within education. Education isn't fair. It's a big problem. The quality of a person's education can vary based on a lot of things. It's a multi-layered problem, an epidemic and a national scandal, and it affects Rachel. Rachel is 15 years old and goes to her local comprehensive school. Because her parents don't make a lot of money, she qualifies for free school meals. This isn't unusual in her school. In fact, most of her schoolmates are on free meals too. Now Teach First tries to deal with three core areas. First off, it wants to tackle the inequalities suffered by those kids who are entitled to free school meals. Now, they're less likely to achieve and succeed than their wealthier peers. Secondly, it wants to address the problem that poorer children are less likely to go to a good school. And lastly, they want to empower kids and young people from poorer backgrounds so they can earn more. As currently, poorer students, despite having a degree from university, are paid 10% less than their wealthier peers with the same qualifications. But what's it like to be on the front line, helping these kids who are counting on their teachers to help them succeed? Megan leaves her flat at quarter past seven every morning to make the commute to her school in London. She's a maths teacher and has been teaching as part of the Teach First scheme for over a year now. Arriving just after 8am, she spends an hour preparing for the day ahead and completing any work she has to do. Then from 20 past 9 until 10 past 3, she's teaching, monitoring, disciplining and mentoring these kids at her secondary school. When the kids leave, her day doesn't end. She stays on till close to 5 o'clock in the afternoon and then takes her work home back with her to finish that evening. But many of her colleagues stay on closer to seven in the evening because they don't want to take this work back with them to their home. So it's long hours and can be terribly draining. So I wanted to know why Megan might choose to pursue this particular career. 
I mean, I don't think I've got one of the most challenging Teach First schools, but that's not to say it's not got a lot of very underprivileged kids. Um, uh, like, I think, oh, I can't remember the percentage of free school meals kids there are, but there's quite a high percentage of kids that 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 are eligible for free school meals because their parents don't earn enough and that kind of thing. And it's, it is quite challenging. They have a lot of very special provisions for those kids and, like, it is there's uh, there's a lot of incidents that you hear about and a lot of kids coming to me with problems that I have absolutely no idea what to deal with <laughs> but uh, it's yeah it's very interesting and it, it, you do feel like you're making an impact to be fair like that is kind of what Teach First is about you do feel like you're having some kind of impact on these kids lives whereas I went in and I was like what am I going to provide these kids I am a white middle class woman I don't know what they're, they're not going to relate to me in any way but just being there to listen to what they've got to say is makes a difference can you talk us through any experiences with kids generally within your classes of how you've helped them over a course of a year as they've developed as an individual and helped them with their work or stuff like that yeah so they have um this thing in the school so so kids to avoid kids being excluded permanently and then having to either find another school or just not be able to to find another school they have something called the twilight school within the school itself and there's an extended day they have different hours they have a different uniform um and it is a bit like a prison they have bars on the windows and stuff like that it's not like the nicest environment but it is a is a last resort to just keep them in the school and there's about six kids in there at, at any time and one of the kids from my class got sent to that's the twilight school and we're supposed to go down there but teachers don't really go down there very often so i tried to like make sure i set aside um three of my frees a week and I just went down there and like it was only for 20 minutes or so I just went there and, and helped him with his maths because otherwise he wouldn't have been learning anything at all um, and we had a really difficult relationship to start off with like he was a massive pain in my class like completely mad just like ran around and I, f I had loads of like detention with him trying to sort stuff out but it just never really worked but like our relationship built from him being in there and me coming to visit him when other teachers didn't and we he like we we had a really good relationship by the end, and it was really amazing to see how much progress he could make and what a difference it made. And all the teachers said so. Like got mentioned in like the all staff meeting, all that stuff. Like how amazing it's been wor working with him and all that stuff. I suppose in terms of what you're doing, um, teaching these kids, did you choose to do it because you felt there was a sense of purpose? You know, you were getting out of the job itself. Yeah, definitely, I did, and I think most people I know that did Teach First did, but I do know quite a lot of them, and this is just, this is specific to teaching, but, like, with teaching, young teachers in general, they there is such a low retention rate because it is such a harrowing job and the hours are bad and the pay is not great, and so I do know a lot of people that went in with this sense of purpose and wanted to do it for that reason, but I don't know very many people that are staying past the two years that, you're, that you have to do unfortunately like my flatmate she's looking into other jobs um outside of teaching and I know quite a lot of people that are looking into jobs that kind of pay a bit better more in the city and that kind of thing. Now this is where our interview hit upon a stark reality something which perhaps isn't as well known these graduates some of the country's brightest are quitting I'll let the interview flow from now on so you can truly hear Megan's perspective. 
the post actually I saw on LinkedIn that you wrote, which actually spurred me to ask you to, to talk to me today, saying that you felt happy about the fact that you've made a positive impact over the past year with these kids and you're looking forward to doing that again. Uh, why did you feel that way? Yeah, I, I definitely still feel that way. Uh, I think the yeah, you do feel like you're really making an impact day to day. There's obviously bad days and good days, but you can see the impact that you're making on kids, even even if it's just one or two. And that is such an amazing feeling to feel like you're actually doing something that's making a difference rather than just like sitting there looking at numbers, which is like the other option with a maths degree, I guess. Um, but it is definitely a way up between mm, doing something for the greater good and having like a life yourself. Like I really struggle to have that work-life balance because of because of the nature of the job. So it is it is a difficult thing to weigh up, and I understand why other people are going outside of teaching. Like I'm planning on staying for as long as I can, but it is it is really difficult to to justify why you're staying in a job that is so difficult when you could be doing such something much easier and earning a lot more. I suppose after a whole year looking after a class of kids, it can be quite draining in many ways, can it? Yeah, I mean, I, it's like performing for 10 hours a day. It's like being on stage. It's so tiring because you have to give so much energy to it. And, and then there's just... I think the problem is that is that there's everything else as well, that there's so much admin, you've got to mark all your books, like it's not so bad for me in maths because it's not as much marking, but my flatmate every evening is sat with a massive pile of books marking in bed and it takes so much time and then you've got all the department meetings, the whole school meetings, parent meetings, parents' evenings till like nine o'clock at night. It's just, it does, I can completely see why people people leave at this age now because you do have all these options open to you like you don't have to just stick with something after two years but on the other hand obviously there are people that that definitely do want to stay but it is it is a decision that could it is it isn't easy to make because there are so many temptations and you see other people just going home at five o'clock and just leaving work at work whereas you just don't do that and it's very emotionally draining as well with all these difficult cases and stuff like that yeah how do you think it could be I suppose can it be changed um, in any way to make people want to stay I mean it sounds really shallow but I guess paying them more because I feel like I do much more work than I'm paid for like I'm not paid for the hours that I actually do um and I think that would encourage people because like you just you just want kind of like recognition for the amount of work that you do and that probably will come from money I guess as an incentive like if you get paid more you're happier to do the amount of work that you do and then I don't know I don't really know what it is I guess there's quite a lot of tasks that could be centralized and and like the workload could be shared out when it comes to like ringing home and giving detentions and all of that stuff that that shouldn't is that is that teaching like is that educating people I, I don't know it sounds a bit like um people who are doing teach first after doing it for a year or so are becoming a bit disillusioned with it yeah i mean i mean like the the purpose behind it is still there and like you know that you're making a difference and you want to educate children it's just all the other stuff that comes with it that's that you don't really realize is there when you're not a teacher 
like what I've said before, like how long marking takes and all the admin that you have to do and stuff like that. That's that's I guess where it comes becomes less appealing. But you just unless you feel so strongly about doing it, I can completely understand why you wouldn't do it because it unless you really really believe that education is one of the most important things you can do, why would you put yourself through that when you could like all everyone that does teach first is is a high level graduate like they they have quite a rigorous recruitment process to pick all these people that could be doing anything else and so quite a few of them do just do something else have you ever come back home from uh, a day teaching and just felt like you didn't want to do it anymore yeah definitely (laughs) um my first term of first year I found it really really hard and I was like why am I doing this but then you have the individual cases that make you realize why you're doing it and and that it's really important that you're there because without you they might not have anyone to talk to and that kind of thing but I as I said I can understand why somebody wouldn't wouldn't want to do that job anymore like I know a lot of people that did quit um quite early on because it was pretty solid like I struggled with behavior like it's not my skill behavior management so that's so I found that really, really difficult, like just in standing in front of 32 kids and then just not listening to you is one of the worst feelings I've ever felt. <laughs> you just feel like you might as well not be there. And that's exactly when the problem comes because you, you feel like you're not making an impact. You're actually making a negative impact because you're not teaching them. And then the whole point of it just is gone. Like that's, that is the reason people do these hours is because they want to make a positive impact. And if you're not doing that, then what's the point, I guess? If if my whole lesson was me just managing them, getting them to sit down and listen rather than actually teaching them anything. I was just like, why am I even bothering doing this? And I guess it sounds silly, but I just talked to my mum about it. Like she was a teacher, she kind of gets it. And she's always been like, you'd be such a good teacher. You just, you've just gone down a really difficult path into getting there. So you just have to stick out. Although sometimes she was like, you need to just quit and do a PGCA. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think just talking it through and also, because I live with with another Teach First person, it was good to talk it through with them and, and like hear similar experiences and not feel like it's just you being rubbish. Do, do, you, um, do you sometimes feel a little bit powerless, I suppose, in a way, because um, the kids you're teaching in particular are from such disadvantaged backgrounds um, that there probably is a lot going on at home um, and you don't really have an influence over that. You, you can only help them within the classroom. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean that, that kid that got excluded in the end, I felt completely powerless then because I'd done so much work with him and he'd really progressed and he was he was on his way to coming back into to mainstream normal school. And then he did something outside of school that I had no control over and he was gone. And that was just really rubbish because I knew that I could now no longer help him in any way, like not in school or out school. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of moments when you feel powerless because you don't have control over those kind of decisions and that's even that's even school decisions outside of school is even worse i have no idea what's going on at home and how to help so despite the good intentions of the scheme it seems to be faced with many issues on the ground raised by megan as of this year the teach first training program has been reduced to just five weeks is that really enough to train someone to teach a classroom full of kids and over the past two years They've actually seen the number of applicants to become teachers drop, which they're putting down to a competitive job market. We got in touch with Teach First to hear their perspective, and they emailed back with a statement. Here's an extract. 
At Teach First, we take wellbeing extremely seriously. All our trainees are provided with two years of training and support through an in-school mentor, a Teach First mentor and a university tutor. The majority choose to remain in the profession three years after starting to teach and 58% of all those we've trained since 2003 are teaching today. So is this scheme doing more harm than good? Is it putting off the brightest graduates from across the country from pursuing careers in teaching and education because of their initial negative experiences? What do you think? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Make sure you share it around. Drop us a review if you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Goodbye for now. Get involved with the conversation and continue to challenge your perspective of the world around you by following us on social media or visiting the website. This podcast was produced and presented by Jack Sheeran for The Interviewer. It also featured some audio content from Teach First. Teach First.